Welcome to the All Things Agile podcast, your destination for tips and interviews with the leaders in the world of Agile. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, and please check out our sponsor, TeamAccelerator.com. And now, here's your host, Ronnie Andrews Jr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Things Agile podcast, Episode 1, Remixed. Today's topic will be, how do you select a good Agile instructor or coach? Well, before we begin, a quick reminder that this podcast is for informational purposes only and accepts no legal liability. So let's get started. Large and even small companies may want to hire a coach or instructor to help them start their Agile journey. In my opinion, key aspects to look for are experience, knowledge, and communication skills. So let's start with experience. You really need to take a good look at someone's background. It's more than just the number of years. I recommend instructors with experience at different companies and different types of teams. That provides a more varied and useful background, which can provide additional insight and experience. Let me elaborate. Say you have someone who has been at one company for, say, five years, and that's the only company they've worked at regarding Agile. In that case, that person realistically probably just knows how that company does things, okay? Therefore, their experience is a lot more limited. Now, compare that to a coach or instructor who's been at literally dozens of companies. They've seen all kinds of things work and not work and also across different industries. That provides them with additional insight that they can leverage at your organization. So please keep that in mind. Moving on. Experience in larger companies requires scaling. A company with billions in revenue and thousands of employees is a totally different ballgame than a startup. An instructor with only experience in teaching Agile in a young company may have difficulty with a corporate giant. Um, Quite frankly, the larger the company is, the more any mistakes or errors or Um, ineffectiveness in their processes or their practices, it only becomes magnified as the company grows and is larger and larger. So if you are at a smaller company, let's say 10 people, and the practices you're putting in place don't work out as well, it's probably more recoverable. You know, you know, maybe they lose a couple hundred dollars or thousands of dollars, maybe, but at a larger company, If there's things that go awry, it can cost the company billions, okay? And instead of a few people, perhaps, if things really went south, they may lose a few few people, a few jobs. At a larger corporation, if, if things really go awry, you know, thousands of people could potentially lose their jobs. That's a huge responsibility. And so when you're working at a larger company that has more integration points and like I said, many, many, many more people in larger scale teams, you really have to be at the top of your game. And also, in terms of working with those larger companies, in order to get things done, you really have to automate. You have to automate as much as you can. Things like, you know, gathering metrics, etc. It forces you to really take a good look at what you're spending your time in, uh, time on, and being able to automate that as much as possible. However, those same principles 
that apply at trying to streamline larger organizations also apply to smaller companies as well. You know, being able to leverage uh, some of those automation principles, even at a smaller company, can certainly produce huge benefits. So let's move on. If you have a coach or instructor who is uh, perhaps familiar with younger companies, they can provide additional insight regarding how to achieve Agile with fewer resources. Because a younger company that doesn't have a bigger budget, they may not be able to spend as as much funds on training and other types of programs. So when you're looking to bring in a coach or instructor, see if you can find someone who, again, has experience at different companies different types of teams, and also including experience at different sizes of companies and definitely making sure they have experience with a company that's of your nature. Next up, I'd like to talk about knowledge. The instructor or coach should definitely be certified, and I would definitely prefer a Scrum Alliance or a similar organization. The effectiveness of an instructor is often based on who taught them. So the source of the coach's knowledge is critical. The quality of an instructor can make or break a training course or significantly impact the success of an agile adoption. I definitely recommend knowledge across implementations such as Scrum as well as Kanban. If you have someone who only knows one way of doing things, that may or may not translate well to your organization or your team based on your your company's industry. So being able to have someone with background and multiple different Agile implementations allows them to configure an approach that's a better fit for you. Again, that's also where knowledge and experience both combine to help provide a better fit for you. Let's also talk about, again, the quality of the the training that the instructor, the coach themselves received. I definitely like to know that because we can only impart what we possess. And the how the person was trained or taught is going to be a direct reflection on how they will teach. Okay. And so by finding out the quality of the person's original trainer, that will help you better gauge on how this coach or instructor will work with your your organization or your team. Let's move on to communication. Communication is, of course, also very critical, and your coach or instructor needs to have good uh, to be a good teacher or a good mentor. The coach should have an open personality and be warm and invite all questions. Soft skills make the instructor more effective. If you have someone who is very unapproachable, then the team members may be intimidated or just not comfortable asking questions. And that can then sometimes lead to bitterness and passive aggressive behavior. I've certainly seen it in organizations before. So I definitely recommend someone with that open and warm personality because then people will feel comfortable asking questions. And what that provides you with is buy-in. Because when people are able to ask their questions, they feel good about it, they have buy-in regarding the adoption of Agile, or maybe you're already using Agile, but you're bringing in a coach or an instructor to help you get to that next level, 
But again, if they're able to participate, it increases their motivation and the likelihood of success for the adoption or for uh, the further improvement in Agile. So those are some quick tips regarding selecting a coach or instructor. I certainly hope you found them useful. Remember, you can check out my blog using the website agileinstructor.com. Feel free to contact me using coach at agileinstructor.com. Also, don't forget to visit our sponsor, teamaccelerator.com, which makes this podcast possible. It's a cloud-based Agile team software package designed for small and large companies alike. Thank you once again for joining me for this podcast. Please join me for episode two, where we'll discuss ideal scrum team sizes. It's a popular topic. People always ask what's too small, what's too large. So we'll definitely uh, address that and you don't want to miss it. Remember, it's time to accelerate your team today. Thank you for listening to All Things Agile. We look forward to you subscribing to the podcast in iTunes and leaving a kind review. Thanks and God bless.